Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Nick, and this is another amazing episode of Boat Nose Business. What is the Boat Collective, you ask? We are 50 Black women-owned businesses, all grossing each over a million dollars, and we're telling you our stories, our how we got started, our early influences, what got us into entrepreneurship, and finally, what we are hoping comes out of the collective of these amazing owners. All right. So today is without exception. We are going to have an amazing conversation with one of my longest business girlfriends. I've, I've known her for many years and she is one of the early, let me see, I want to say trailblazer inspirations for the Bow Collective. We'll tell you all about it soon. This is Dr. Keisha Mack. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk about this. Well, I'm so proud of Journey you. with Bo. Yes, girl. And <laughs> I am I'm proud of you always. You know, I I, I love every um, small business uh, person and you and your partner have been in this game for many, many years. And so we can't wait to get started talking about not only your business, but you, your becoming story. You know, this is how we do. We need to, <laughs> what were your early influences? What was little Keisha like as a child? Where were you born and raised? You know, what was your family life like? And, and looking back now, can you see some of those influential moments that kind of made you go into the career that you're in now? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's get started. All right, girl. <laughs> well, tell us, tell us about your your early influences. What's that first chapter of your life look like? So I am originally from Newark, New Jersey. Um, that's where I was born and raised. Uh, my mom, a single teenage mom. Um, I have a brother. And so she raised two uh, children um, from a very young age. Um, she, uh, you know, had two children on her own. But, you know, it's so interesting because my mom never really felt like um, she was young, as young as she was. Uh, she had two children by the time she was 16 years old. And she was very determined to do this and do it successfully because, you know, my, my father had his own personal problems. So she said, you know what, I'm 16. I'm, I'm still going to be able to do this. And she did. Um, but she always felt like an old soul. I never knew she was as young as she was until, you know, I was much older. Uh, so raised in Newark, New Jersey, um, you know, not from, um, you know, not from a, a lot of means, um, but my mom did a very good job of. Uh, ensuring that we had great education, ensuring that we had uh, a lot of exposure to different things. Even though she was, again, very young, she she had a, a very old soul. And I think it has something to do with it. She told me the story. I think, I think this is, and I hope I get it right, that when she was uh, maybe 16 or something like that, or 17, she lied about her age to get a job. And I guess back then they didn't do the checks that they do now. <laughs> right, right. Right. And so she got this job and everyone she worked with was in their 30s and older. And she was, you know, a teenager. So they must have exposed her to a lot of different things. So yeah. we grew up in the home with 
listening to jazz. And I mean, like Miles and, you know, Gillespie and just like real jazz, traditional jazz, I would say. And, you know, going to Broadway plays and, and things of that nature. And again, not a lot of means, but she always exposed us to quite a bit. Um, so we had good education. I went to a Catholic high school, graduated there, and uh, then attended Howard University. Uh, don't remember, and I think I came into Howard undecided. So mm -hmm. I did not plan on being a psychologist right away. Um, I thought I was going to be a writer, to be okay. honest. Um, okay. Wait, wait were your, was your passion fiction? Were you like, did you like documentaries What right. or, or research? I, I don't, it definitely wasn't research. I thought I was going to be like a literature writer. Okay. I no so idea. Creative, yes, creative. I thought it was, but it's so interesting because I am not creative. Like I don't consider myself a creative. However, in the work that I do, writing is involved and I do consider myself a pretty good writer and I'm a real stickler about writing. So it, it still translates. Um, but yeah, I changed that really quickly um, when I realized what am I going to do with this? I have no idea. And then I became a psychology major and um, I've always been one of those people and, and, and students. You know, I was a, a pretty good student. Um, not the, the smartest one in the class, but the one that knew how to get the job done and I knew how to work hard. And so I was always a pretty good student. Um, and uh, at that point, I realized that, okay, if you do this psychology thing, you have to go through to do your doctorate degree. Um, there wasn't, uh, now there's like a, you can stop at the master's level and get mm -hmm. licensed and things of that nature. But back in the day, I'm not saying my age, but back in the day, <laughs> you had to uh, you, uh, matriculate through your doctoral, your doctorate. And so at that point, I decided, you know, if I started it, I'm going to finish it. And yes. so I then I did do my master's at Howard as well. And um, and then I took a year off and worked in a uh, private practice and did not like it. I, I did not like it, I could not what wait were some to get back. Of the, what were some of the challenges? Um, you know, we had, I had a great interview a couple of uh, weeks back with uh, one of our Bo sisters. And yeah. she said that, you know, she worked for other people and, you know, the road with entrepreneurship, while hard, she said she realized she was psychologically un employable. <laughs> yeah. I like, oh, I, that is a word. That listen, is a word. I can relate. Um, honestly, I was so ready to not work for anyone again. Um, but not even yet thinking entrepreneurial. I just was like, oh, I need to go back to school because my mom said, you just you just gonna be in school for the rest of your life, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. So I was ready to go back to school. Went back to school you know, did my doctorate there, ran into, I had some challenges in graduate school. I, I, I'd like to share this part of the story because I think it's important for people to yes, understand, hear this, yes. is that I, I did experience clinical depression when I was in graduate school, um, which really was uh, interesting for me as a psychologist, even when I began to realize and, that I was depressed. I even was like, Therapist, so absolutely not. Sign? What, 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 okay, you were in undergrad, you mm -hmm. got through that, you mm -hmm. worked, you didn't like that. What was, what let you, um, what was a moment, tell us a story about what you were sure. like, there is something extra. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I had gone through um, just a, a, a difficult time once I got into GW. 
that's the school where I graduated mm-hmm. from my doctorate, immediately knowing that I just didn't feel settled. I didn't feel like I belong there. Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought, I don't want to do this very early on in my program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was that student that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I had always been on this straight and narrow path. I chose the I, from elementary school. Yes. I chose the elementary school. I chose my junior high school. I chose my high school. I applied to one college. I don't make mistakes about my education. Mm-hmm. And so making a mistake about my education was not an option. So mm-hmm. if I chose GW, then I'm supposed to be a GW and I have to go to GW. If mm-hmm. I said I'm going to do this doctorate, I have to do this doctorate because I don't make mistakes about mm-hmm. my education. Um, and so I was really, really, really unsettled with being there, but because I don't make mistakes or I didn't allow myself to make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. So it just spiraled into this, uh, depression. Um, I, you know, I got through with therapy and, um, for a period I did have to take some antidepressant medications. Mm -hmm. And I shared this because this is a phase of somebody who may have experienced depression and nobody yeah. would, you know, may yeah. know it, but you yes. don't have to continue to be. It's treatable. You don't have to be on medication for the rest of your life. You can take it for the times needed and then you be well again. And I'm well again. Um, so I, I always like to share that part of my journey to help particularly black women know that it's okay. You know, well, black women, black men. And and I I share this story and um, because my son, you know, he graduated from um, from undergrad and went to law school and was miserable, was absolutely miserable. And I um, and, you know, we had a series of talks and and what you said deeply resonates because he had had a lot of um, feeling about uh, not continuing. Yes, and I have to say, as a parent, I was like, you know, you when you start something, you you finish. But he went from an IT background to you know legal, and they're two totally different yeah. languages. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I and and listening to you, I am I'm glad that we. I was able to say to him, you know, I'm proud of you after I, I, you know, said my pitch, but I was like, you know, ultimately it is a triumph to be able to say, this is not a good fit. This does not work for me. Absolutely. Um, And so, you know, you are going to, I'm sure bless a lot of people. Um, We, we have so much focus and drive and ambition, um, but you have, we have to, kind of forgive ourselves, let ourselves out of these contracts and commitments that we have made when sometimes it may, there might be a different road. There might be a different solution. Yeah, absolutely. And, and during that time, I even called home and told my mom, one day I remember calling home and telling my mom, you know, mom, I'm ready to leave. I I, I want to go to culinary school. And she, and she said, sure. After you're done, you can do whatever. So was that the right decision though? Okay, you're now so here's the thing. Successful. You you know, you finished the program, you have your you your mental health is intact. How does a person know when um, quitting is a good thing? And how does a person know when quitting 
is a bad thing. Right, right, right. So for me, in my particular journey, I think, um, one, I, 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 ne I never fit into GW's community. I just didn't feel like that was my community and that was my home, having come from Howard especially. That was a big, big culture shock. But secondly, I thought I was losing my passion for psychology. At, up to that point, I had enjoyed it until I started working and didn't enjoy working where I was working. So when I realized I wasn't going to be able to leave at that particular point, I said, okay, I tried this part of psychology. I tried this part of psychology. There's one area of psychology. Um, there's one group of clients I have not worked with yet. Let me try that and if, see what happens then. If that doesn't do it, then I know this is not for me. Got it. I found it. Oh, that's I awesome. started working with adolescents mm -hmm. and it just brought me so much joy. joy. I really enjoyed that population. Now, it did not relieve the depression. It did not um, relieve the feeling I had about GW, but it gave me a purpose to continue. To push to through, through, right? Yes, yes, to get through. I found my group. I loved working with Adelaide. Tribe. Yes, I found my group that I could work with, and that brought me the joy of brown psychology again. And yeah. then I just had to do my cooking on the side. <laughs> so I love it. And you know what? That thank you for that that nugget because with my son, he could he didn't find something on the other side to help him forge through the difficult. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, he had up and downs in undergrad, but he could push through because yes. the love of technology, yes. of the systems, that was always the North Star. Yep. But on the law side, there was no North Star to keep keep um, him in focus. So I, I do. I'm so grateful to you for sharing that story. Oh, absolutely. A lot of us, a lot of us um, you know, we are we're kind of old school. It's like I got to do this no matter what because i was taught not to quit in a vacuum yeah. but yeah. you yeah. do have to know yourself and your purpose the things that yeah. light you up on the inside that'll get you through temporary setbacks right yeah yeah and that did it for me and so after that i was very you know we have to do something that's called um an internship which is basically residency similar to what you know medical doctors mm -hmm. do so I was very intentional about only choosing sites that where adolescents were the primary population that I would work with. Mm -hmm. And so I did that and I enjoyed it. And so I was back. I've had my groove back and, you know, I pushed through, pushed through and made it through graduate school. And even for some years after that, I still, you know, worked on my mental health and that kind of thing. And, and actually my therapist still on speed dial. That, that's not for depression. That's no, just because. No. Yes, you know. I love it. No, yeah. that, that that's that's so many great great nuggets. So, and and w with my last interview, I was like, oh, I can stay on the technical part of what you all do, like all that one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but we are here about business. Yes. I gotta give our crew some business nuggets. Yes, indeed. So, listen, I love I love talking about the substance of your business, but I also love that you are a co-owner yes. of a, a business practice with another amazing Black woman. Yes. Tell us about your, your entrepreneurship journey. Number one, how did you guys solidify that? And then number two, I, I love business partners because I think whether you're married or, or not, 
when you can keep a business together for a sustained period of time, there's some really good things, key things that you're doing with that relationship. And so I'd, I'd like for you to tell us the, that, the story of how you got together, but yeah. how do you keep it together? How do you keep that yeah. successful yeah. business relationship going? Absolutely. <clears throat> it's really interesting because, you know, I had never intended on owning a business. Um, my thought was that I would, you know, once I finished, I would start working for someone and, and you know, be in practice and, and that kind of thing. Um, but when I finished my internship and came back to D.C. area, I was in California for two years. Um, I just took a job that I needed to take a job um, and it was doing consultant work. It was a contractor to ninety nine. And so that was my entry into working for myself yes. um, in entrepreneurship, being a 1099 and a consultant for this particular company. Um, although in looking back at my history, I never, I've never really had a full-time job. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time. You didn't know at the time, right? But when I look back, I've never had a full-time job. Um, so um, I met Mercedes Ebanks, my business partner, um, through a mutual friend um, at a, on a ski trip. <laughs> and uh, I think at that time we were both in graduate school. And so we had that shared um, uh, relationship of, of graduate school. And uh, then we both went on internship. I moved back and you know started working for this woman. And I think I ran into her at an event when she came back from her internship, one of my uh, the mutual friends party. And I'm like, hey, you need a job? And she's like, yeah. And so brought her on, um, introduced her to the person I was working for at the time. So she started working with us there. And then interestingly enough, uh, another, there were three of us. Um, and so our other partner, Dr. Maya McKinney, hey Maya, <laughs> from from your old area, from oh, Oakland. We high school together. Yeah, I didn't know that, yes. That, Maya was oh, my business, original yeah. business. Yeah, yep. That's awesome. Yep. And that. so, the three of us, so Maya was moving, you know, over in this, on the East and someone reached out and I'm like, I, I, I can ask this person about her getting a job there. So she started working there as well. Mm -hmm. And just over time, you know, we worked together for a few years. I had that going on, working 20 hours here, just never anywhere full time. We were like, you know, we could do this ourselves. Um and that kind of it, that's kind of where it started. You know, the three of us uh, decided that we wanted to do it ourselves, and uh, we started meeting. Um, we would meet at each other's homes, um, put in like twenty five dollars a week at the time to kind of start our savings. And, and for the first year, we did not do anything except build the foundation for our business. We didn't go after any contracts. We didn't do any of that. Mm -hmm. We built the foundation for our business. You know, we started thinking about what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do it, you know, what, you know, name, getting registered, like all of the details to, you know, tax ID. We didn't do anything. We didn't jump out there. We wanted to really make sure that we had built a foundation. Mm -hmm. And so each week we met, took notes, talked about what we were going to do, how we were going to do it, what we we're going to do, who, you know, first contracts, save money to buy testing equipment. How are we going to jump out there? And we did that for the first year. And then after a year, we decided to go after our first contract yeah. and we did. And it was too big for us too big. and we did not do well. <laughs> 
even with the preparation we did, yeah, we didn't we couldn't manage it because we were all still working elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We had no one who could really focus on the business, no one who could really ensure that the work was getting done because we were ensuring that somebody else's work was getting done. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, we had to regroup. Mm-hmm. We had to regroup after that first year. Um, it was a, a, a big learning curve, a big learning lesson. Um, and ever since that time, I think we've you know done pretty well with managing our contracts and and managing the growth. Managing the growth. Managing the growth. We jumped out there and got this big contract and we were working full time and we weren't prepared. Got it. That's a good word because mm-hmm. that, and I feel like, um, you know, me being a business consultant, that, that starting and that scaling and is, is, is everything, you know, yes. and how, how you do it. Are you prepared? Do you have team members on speed dial? You know, conventional will, wisdom does say, you know, get the contract and then get the workers, right? However, you know, if you if you're going to do that, it's got to be that 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 quick turnaround time with the performance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we you know, we had consultants that we were using, but we weren't able to manage the business like they could go out and work. They did their part, but we weren't able to manage the business. You know, we had to payroll. You know, yeah. we had to manage, yeah. we had to review the reports the and make sure they were going out. The exactly. The operations, we couldn't do that because there was no one available to do operations. Gotcha. So ultimately, uh, Dr. McKinney decided that she wanted to do something else. Um, so she left the partnership. And, um, you know, at one point we were deciding whether we were going to keep the business or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, this is this is also uh, uh, something telling about me as well from the time that we sat down and said we were going to start a business mm-hmm. for me it clicked, it clicked yeah. like there was nothing never thought about it before right but from the time we said we are going to do this the goal was we are going to build this business we are going to create a business that will sustain us we will each work here full time mm-hmm. and then we're going to be on oprah Yes. And be in essence. That was our dream. We're going to be on Oprah. We're going to be in essence. But that was the goal. And so for me, it clicked instantaneously. And back then I didn't realize it. But again, now as you know, being in this business and being being in business for 16 plus years, I realized that I should have known I was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Yes. You talk about my early influences. My mom has always had a business, even when she worked. She's always had a business. She had a very, very lucrative. And she had the, one of the very first upscale braiding salons. When I tell you it was upscale, it was like a museum in there. Like she really? had high-end clientele. Her and my stepdad, very well, very good business very good business model. She currently has another business where Mm she um, sell, you know, she makes handmade cream soaps and, you know, doing very well. The pink bucket, shout out. Um, So I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My brother Mm -hmm. has never had a job. He worked one day at a swimming pool and quit (laughs) one day when he was 16. And he's a, you know, music producer, my aunts and uncles, all, you know, my mom's father, everybody. So I, I, so when I, when it happened and it clicked so easily for me, yes. 
it's in my DNA, right? Yes. And we've that. been on, and I've been on that path ever since. And you know, while you know my partners still, you know, like my partner, Dr. Ebanks, Mercedes, mm -hmm. she still really enjoys the business and, and is, you know, fully invested in the business, but she also developed another passion for mm -hmm. teaching. So teaching. she's also a professor. Okay. Um, and, but for me, it's never been anything else. I love it. And, you know, when you, I don't know if you, you heard yourself when you, when you said it clicked, you start speaking in affirmations out will we will have this business we will be uh, in um essence we will be on upward you know that that vision was yeah. very clear yes and um yes. And, yes. and that was very it's very powerful and you and you have brought to life nearly all of those things we're working on Oprah. working on Oprah. we all are maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a great segue for the collective girl yes. she will not be able to deny us all she will not <laughs> not these 50 powerful black women absolutely not well listen so let's talk about that so mm -hmm. I um you know you have I've always seen you growing your business growing your business and um and I I love to tell the story about how you know we met that one day and I was telling you about you know a story about you know just needing more resources just a little bit more and you were so encouraging um to and supportive of the vision of what the collective could be. Tell me what your thoughts are now that we are down the road a bit, a few months. Tell me what what your your initial vision, staying on that um, path, mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. for the collective, and what would you what would you like to see for not only yourself but other um, Black women owners with the collective. First of all, when, you know, when you came to me and you talked, you know, said you wanted to talk about this, um, you know, having known you and in other organization and, uh, you know, seeing your leadership, I knew that if you had uh, something that you were presenting, that it was something that you really thought about and something that could ultimately grow into something really big. Um, but when you shared it, I could see it. Like I could see exactly what you were speaking of. I could see how other groups of women in other cultures and other races had come together to create this powerful union that if we did the same thing, we could have similar and better results. And I remember us having this conversation too, and I, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, that you were a little, you were saying, well, should I just call it the collective? And you know, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And, and particularly during this time, because yeah. it is time for us to feel unapologetically black. Yes, yes. Unapologetically yes. black. Yeah. Um, because I knew that's what you wanted to do anyway. That has always mm -hmm. been, you know, the and, and since then I've gotten my elevator pitch a little better in that, you know, we absolutely support all women and we support yes. all women of color and we support, you know, our male counterpart entrepreneurs. What we want to do is say that there are unique things about Black women 
businesses, maybe there are some disparities that we want to bring light to. Yes. But the most important thing is we want to collaborate instead of compete. Yes. And we want to bring resources to Black women businesses. Right. And we yes. believe that doing it together, we'll be able to bring more. We'll be able to get more allyship. Yep. And that has manifest um, in Absolutely. a way. Absolutely. And that was, that was something that I really uh, loved about what you were saying as well, is not that we were just coming together um, for our own purposes, but to also uplift other um, uh, smaller black business women owners. Yeah. Um, I love that idea. Mentorship is really huge for me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't have a mentor and I know the value of being a mentor and having a mentor. So I'm always mentoring uh, up, and uh, up and coming small business owners. Like my mentees are folks that used to work for me. My externs are now my mentees and they have their own businesses. And I'm so I love excited. That. But that piece was really huge for me. And I really loved that idea because that was something different um, that not only are we going to uplift our own businesses, but we're going to make sure we bring folks. With yes. Us, you know? And that, and I mean, that is quintessential. I mean, I think it's such a, it's, it's a woman thing. We are always caring about yeah, yeah, yeah. community. We are caring yeah. about others. Um, and we are collective in our just yeah, our yeah. DNA. Our is DNA, I was going to say the collaborative. Same thing. Yes, that's so who we are as a people. You it know, really is. And yeah. so I think you know the fact that it is resonating not only within the fifty, but really around the world. I yeah. looked the other day at our um, website. We had someone in the Netherlands. We had wow. someone looking at our website and staying on it, which means they're yeah. looking at our podcast um, in South Africa, love you know? It, and it. so I, you know, it's like, we're, we, we got something here. We got something oh. special and we're, we're doing it together. And, and yeah, that's why I did not hesitate. It's when you said, absolutely. Like on sight unseen at that at that bar on sight unseen. Yup. Tell me up. Toast. Let's toast. Make it happen. Make it happen. And I've seen the fruits of it. Um, you know, the collaboration. Um tell us, tell us already. About it. Tell us yeah, absolutely. I have already started collaborating and working with uh two people from the collective. And it's such a joy to be able to just reach out to other women who I have this relationship with and say, Hey, do you have this particular capability or skill, or can you help me here? And that kind of thing. And I'm currently working with uh, two businesses, Verve, um, which is Laquan, yes. um, working with her business. She's helping us with, um, you know, contract contracts and man contract management and proposal writing, which has been great. Um, and then I'm also working with uh, ProArc. Is it ProArc? Yeah, ProArc. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep, ProArc. Mm -hmm. Yep, ProArc as well, who will be uh, helping us with some uh, cybersecurity and getting us compliant and, you know, making that. sure that we are safe and secure. And so I am just really excited about that. Um, being able to go to the, you know, the, the latest uh, Bo Business and Bankers event and making those connections and contacts. While we already had just, um, you know, I had a relationship with someone at one of the banks, 
But that just further solidified that relationship exactly. because, you know, I had a relationship with her, but this allowed them to see me in as a part of the collective. And then, you know, that may lead to other opportunities for you know, funding. Absolutely. So it's definitely, you know, been rewarding. I, I, you know, I really enjoy being a part of the collective and, um, you know, being able to support other other business women and, you know, offer our services to other folks. Uh, you know, I'm just excited to continue. Well, I thank you, sister. Thank you for your yes. Thank you for your perseverance and, you know, just being, you know, so supportive of not only this idea, but our community. You give us all so much support. Our youth, uh, mental health, we know all of uh, the the challenges we all go through. So I'm glad you're out there fighting the good fight, girl. Fighting the good fight. I'm ha- we, we're hanging in here. We're hanging in here. <laughs> I want to leave you with the final note. Tell our audience how to stay connected with you. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as you see, we are the Mecca Group and we are a mental and rehabilitative health services company here in the district. Um, And we are located at um, in uh, Washington, D.C. on Connecticut Avenue, 1001 Connecticut Avenue Northwest, Suite 1235. You can find us on um, social media at the Mecca Group. We're on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And you can contact us via phone at 202-529-3117 and admin at com. Thank you, sister. Thank you so You're much welcome. for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, my bow sister. Okay. What did I tell you all? I mean, another amazing, inspiring edition of the Boat Knows Business. Tell a friend. Join us next week, next time. Follow us on all social media. Go on our website and, you know, just absorb all of these amazing stories and come back next week. Thank you all so, so much for joining us. Take care.